This is Dylan FM, a freak music club podcast on Bob Dylan. If you love Dylan, you're in the right place. This season, we're going deep on Time Out of Mind to celebrate its 25th anniversary. Here's your host, Craig Danielov. Chances are that you've listened to Time Out of Mind many times. A few dozen? A few hundred? It's an album that people seem to feel. It gets a reaction. It's full of lines that land and linger. We've learned that this album was the beginning of something for Dylan, a new way of writing songs, of synthesizing ideas and images and lines that he loves. Scott Warmoth told us something about this a few episodes ago, focusing primarily on Dylan's application of the work of Henry Rollins via lines and expressions that appear in a number of songs. But the inspiration, influence, references, thievery, and even the intertextualization go much further. And today's guest is going to help us see a lot more of that. Jochen Markhorst is the author of quite a few Dylan books. We'll get to more of those later. But one is called Time Out of Mind, The Rising of an Old Master. In this book, He dutifully walks through every song on the album and a bunch that were recorded at that time that aren't on the album and shares stories and insights into how they link to all kinds of other writers and artists and musicians and poets. For me, reading this book gave the feeling of a new bootleg series box set when suddenly all kinds of new things are revealed about an old and loved work. It'll make you smile, shake your head, think, and become even more astounded by Bob Dylan and his work. If you're like me, it will also greatly impress you in terms of the author's own breadth of knowledge and his ability to connect, synthesize, and explain what he knows to us readers. Here are a few of the things that I learned. I'm sick of love is a Bible quote. The first line in Standing in the Doorway is an inversion of a line from the Great Gatsby. There may be a link, an echo, or another inversion going on between a line in Million Miles and a line in Dylan's own One Too Many Mornings. Dean Martin may have provided the melody for Make You Feel My Love. And the Some Kind of Pain line in Not Dark Yet echoes statements that were previously made by artists ranging from Vincent Van Gogh to Frida Kahlo and writers such as Kafka. Most of these and hundreds of similar facts and relationships and ideas were completely new to me. What he does for us, and what is really an amazing gift if you care about this album, is give the lyrics context. He tells us about the places where similar language and themes were used. He relates phrases to other songs, to literature and poetry and art, and he exposes the history of similar ideas and expressions, some spread over thousands of years and some from elsewhere in Dylan's own catalog. Is any of this necessary to appreciate or even understand Time Out of Mind? No, but what it does do is expand the ways you can think about these songs and this album. It does so in the broadest sense and in the most detailed ways. I should be clear, of course, that Jochen is one of many writers and critics who offer us this additional richness. Michael Gray, Christopher Ricks, Greil Marcus, Paul Williams, Richard Thomas, and the rest of the best of the Dylan scholars do this as well. It would be a mistake to say that this type of exploration explains or decodes the album. I'm fairly certain that's not a claim that Jochen or any of these others would make. But it offers at least two potential benefits, and you can decide for yourself on the magnitude or the proportions. First, 
it shows that so many of these ideas and a good number of really specific lines refer or echo back to different and bigger things. Dylan is likely using them in part as a shorthand to carry a lot more meaning than the words can do in the space available if they didn't have this context. Think of it as bonus content. And secondly, all of this behind-the-scenes information shows us that there are many more ways to think about and listen to and experience these songs than many of us have been doing. If you're like me and not extremely well-versed in all of recorded music, the history of poetry, all the best prose, and all of the art created over the last few centuries, then what a book like this does is acts like a recorded tour guide at the museum. It can transform a painting that you might glance at and walk by in 10 or 15 seconds into a rich set of stories and images and meanings that make it far more interesting and justify spending a lot more time and thought, and that ultimately helps you to enjoy or at least appreciate it a lot more. Some of it is new facts and details, but in some ways, it's just as much about bringing out the overall flavor and tone. Hardcore Dylan freaks may be familiar with Jochen Markhorst's work, as he is incredibly prolific. He writes detailed analyses of many Dylan songs, often as a series of blog posts, at the Untold Dylan website. But he's assembled these posts into 15 different books collecting writings on single Dylan albums, or in some cases, a single Dylan song. Today, we're talking about Time Out of Mind, but you can read or buy his similarly impressive deep dives on Street Legal, Blood on the Tracks, The Song Mississippi, or his latest, A Rough and Rowdy Ways song, Crossing the Rubicon. Check the show notes for links to both the free online versions and the affordable, and I think easier to consume, published books that are available from Amazon. Jochen lives in the Netherlands, where he teaches language training courses and works as a translator. As you'll hear in this lively and charming presentation, he's a passionate Dylan fan. What follows is a portion of a live presentation that he did for our premium members. In the extended version of this podcast, you'll also hear a Q&A I did with Jochen after this presentation. As with all of our podcasts, if you like what you hear in the main section, I really think you'll appreciate the extensions. I'd encourage you to join us. Memberships are now on sale through the holidays, starting as low as $5 a month. And right now, annual members get a free copy of Jochen Markhorst's Time Out of Mind book as a bonus. See the links in the show notes or visit freakmusic.club join to sign up. In this talk, Jochen shares a little bit of what he learned about the song Cold Irons Bound. Now here's Jochen Markhorst. It, it does have a, a, a very beautiful genesis, I think, this, this particular song, and a, a very rich text. Okay, the story of Cold Irons Bound. Uh, the story of Cold Irons Bound starts with a drummer, David Kemper. And we know the story thanks to a, a beautiful interview series in Uncut, the, the magazine, in 2008. They, they published a 13-part interview series on, um, uh, on telltale signs. On the part eight of the bootleg series, and um, in this series they talked to um, uh, guys like uh, uh, Daniel Lanama, the, the, the producer, and to Howard Burns, the engineer, and Jim Keltner, the drummer, and also to uh, David Kemper, the drummer on Cold Islands Bound. David Kemper, it was a really great band, David Kemper says, and I'm sorry not to be in it today. I miss Bob, and I miss that band. He does open the, the doors to his heart in this interview. But, but not only does he open the doors to his heart, 
he tells a particular story about the genesis of Cold Irons Bound. And this is just one of the very many beautiful anecdotes, uh, amusing most, the, the inside information we get in this interview series, uh, the intimate glimpses. But most of all, and I'm most fascinated by the, uh, the glimpses into the working method, the working method of Bob Dylan. That, that's what fascinates me. I'm mainly fascinated by the songs. David Kemper was his drummer from 1996 to 2003, I believe. Uh, and he tells about the making of uh, Cold Irons Bound the following. So he remembers the recording day, January 1997, at the Criteria Studios in Miami. He remembers he was earlier this particular day. He is alone in the studio. He starts drumming. He calls it a variation on a pattern I heard on my way here, a disco record with a Cuban beat. And then he tells. So I was playing this drum beat. And then Bob snuck up behind me and said, what are you playing? I said, hey, Bob, how are you doing today? And he said, no, don't stop. What are you playing? I said, it's a beat. I'm just writing it right now. Don't stop it. Keep doing it. And he went and he got a yellow pad of paper. And he sat next to the drums and he just started writing. And he wrote for maybe 10 minutes. And then he said, will you remember that? And I said, yeah, I got it. And then he said, all right, everybody, come on in. I want to put this down. A disco record with a Cuban beat. It can be heard in it. Miami Sound Machine, Bad Boy, something like that. Um, and despite this not so subtle addition by David Kemper, I'm just writing it right now. He never gets a credit, nor, and nor gets Gloria Estefan a credit uh, for that matter. Anyway, um, Kemper suggests that this particular drum pattern inspires Dylan so much so that he hears a song in it and comes up with complete lyrics for Cold Irons Bound in 10 minutes. It, it is in line with more anecdotes we know about uh, Dylan's working method. Anecdotes who, uh, that tell how amazingly fast Dylan can produce lyrics. We've heard them before, but it's still fascinating. And as far as possible, it, it is insightful. It gives us a glimpse into the working method of the, of the, 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 the mind of a Nobel Prize winning poet. Um, after the first two lines, it is already pretty clear what the inspired Dylan has in mind today. I'm beginning to hear voices and there's no one around. Well, I'm all used up and the fields have turned brown. I went to church on Sunday and she passed by. My love for her is taking such a long way to die, long time to die. The fields have turned brown. It's quite a giveaway. I'm beginning to hear voices. song by the Stanley Brothers, Dylan's bluegrass heroes who we encounter a few times here on this album on Time Out of Mind, in, um, in Make You Feel My Love, for example, uh, the, the Highway of Regret, that's, that's from a Stanley Brothers song. But this particular song, The Fields Have Turned Brown, that, that seems to be haunting Dylan, uh, Dylan's mind in these days. It's exactly the same song that he quotes in the telegram. He sends Dr. Ralph Stanley two months earlier, 
November 1996, which we know thanks to the autobiography by, the, by Dr. Ralph Sandley, the Man of Constant Sorrow book. In this book, uh, Dylan is mentioned quite often because uh, Ralph Stanley is, is rightly quite proud of the fact that Dylan ad admires him so much. And he mentions this telegram from 1996 twice. And the second time, he reveals the, the complete content of Stanley. They had a big celebration for me in Nashville in honor of my 50th anniversary as a professional musician. There was a fancy reception at the Country Music Hall of Fame with all kinds of friends from down through the years and former clinch mountain boys there to greet me. Then I played a show with my band at the Grand Ole Opry. During the show, Opry host Del Reeves announced to the crowd he had a telegram a special fan from New York City had sent. The telegram said, Dear Dr. Ralph, the fields have turned brown. Not for you, though. You'll live forever. Best wishes, Bob Dylan. That was something I didn't expect, and it was a wonderful surprise. I know what Bob meant in this message, and it really touched my heart. I know he meant my music would be around long after I'm dead and gone. And just as gladly, also twice, um, he recalls that we sang together on Lonesome River for the Clinch Mountain Country album. And that, twice also, Bob Dylan told me it was the highlight of his career when he sang with me on Lonesome River. That duet was recorded uh, in November 1997, 10 months after the recording of Cold Islands Bound. Remarkable then is the soundcheck. The sound, Bob Dylan soundcheck the next day, Monday, uh, December 1st in Atlanta. When we look at the, the soundtrack list, we see some blues, then Cold Irons Bound, then The White Dove, the Stanley Brothers song, again The White Dove, the Stanley Brothers song, and Cocaine Blues. It's interesting. He plays Cold Irons Bound and Junior Soundtrack, and um, next The White Dove. Apparently, he still feels, 10 months after he recorded the song, he still feels the strong connection of Cold Irons Bound and the Stanley Brothers, which goes beyond The Fields Have Turned Brown. Because this third line in this song, um, uh, the third line, I went to church on Sunday and she passed by, almost literally from the Stanley versions of Handsome Molly. Handsome Molly is a very old folk song. Uh, Dylan played it in 1961 and 1962, but he always omitted this verse. Well, I saw her at church last Sunday. She passed me on by. Almost exactly the same. I knew her mind was changing by the roving of her eye. So he left that one out in 1961. But an omission Dylan makes up for, makes up for almost 40 years later in Cold Islands Brown. I saw her at church last Sunday. She passed me on by. I knew her mind was changing by the roving of her eye. So all in all, we have uh, The Fields Have Turned Brown and Somali. The theme and the tone of Stanley Brothers songs like uh, If That's The Way You Feel, The Lonesome River, uh, The Memory Of Your Smile. We have words from It's Mighty Dark To Travel. We have words from I Hear A Voice Calling. It seems very likely that that day in January in 1997, on his way to the studio, Dylan had in his car the compilation album Stanley Series Volume 3, number four. And that the chorus of the, another Stanley Brothers song, I'll Fly Away, 
was buzzing through his head. Next. The chorus of that song of I Fly Away is No More Cold Iron Shackles on My Feet. I chose the Alison Krauss version because I didn't want to overdose on Stanley Brothers today, but Stanley Brothers sing the same. So we have arrived at the chorus. Chorus, I'm waist deep, waist deep in the mist. It's almost like, almost like I don't exist. I'm 20 miles out of town in Cold Islands Bound. That's a beautiful image. It, it's a very familiar image, but still a beautiful image. We all know this image from Wandering in the Mist in the Fog. We know it from, for example, from The Fog, from the John Carpenter horror movie from 1980, which, despite very poor reviews, was well-received at the time, and since has become something of a cult classic. It's a story about a strange, luminous fog creeping into a coastal Californian town, uh, and uh, with it, with, this fog brings with it the vengeful spirits of the drowned sailors from 100 years ago. It's a very poetic tableau. The non-existent emerging from the mist, waist deep, waist deep in the mist, almost like, almost like they don't exist. Apparently Dylan recognizes its poetic power too. And he explores here the, the metaphorical uh, potential for the chorus in Cold Irons Bound. So he sits there, inspired, next to the drumming uh, David Kemper with his yellow pad of paper. And echoing in his mind are the songs from the Stanley series volume three, number four. I'm guessing he already had fixed this refrain line, I'm 20 miles out of town in Cold Irons Bound. For this is another thing he reveals about his working method. Um, this is what, what Dylan tells about his working method in 2020. In that particular song, the last few verses came first. So that's where the song was going all along. Obviously, the catalyst for the song is the title line. It's one of those where you write on instinct, kind of in a trance state. That's what Dylan says in 2020. He says it's about the creation of I Contain Multitudes. It's from that New York Times interview with Douglas, Douglas Brinkley. Um, but the outpouring seems to apply one-to-one to, -one to Cold Irons Bound. The last line, I'm 20 miles out of town in Cold Irons Bound, was already there. Before the previous one, anyway. So we have David Kemper's inspiring drum pattern, and it just so happens that today the Stanley Brothers are buzzing through Dylan's mind. And via the fields have turned brown and handsome Molly, the stream of consciousness flows to I'll fly away to cold iron shackles on my feet, which perhaps awakens in cold irons bound. By the way, this exact combination of words, it, it can be found in a very, very old folk song, in a Scottish folk song, the Banks of Inverness from the 16th century. But I doubt if he knew that. Strong metaphor, anyway, the poet thinks. To express bound against your will, to express the state of mind of his protagonist, the, the, the I person who is lovesick, who is um, standing on the doorway, who is about to hit the dirt road, the particular choice of words by the musician Dylan is then, I suppose, as so often, mainly sound-driven. 
So th this guy is not on the road in iron shackles. He's not like the worried man in worried life blues. Uh, in worried man blues, he's not 21 links of chain around my leg on the Rocky Mountain line. Dylan finds searches and finds a superior assonant triplet around the owl sound, out town bound. I'm guessing he's a musician, so I, I suppose he he hears the the, the assonant, the the, the the sound driven owl town bound. The bridge to this refrain line is not fixed. He's inspired. He, I think he trusts the richness of his stream of consciousness. So he chooses different images, different words in each of the five uh, refrains to express this loneliness, this quiet desperation of his unhappy protagonist. Here in this, this first refrain, it's the, 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 the desolate image of disoriented people wandering around through the fog. Which has a symbolic power that is recognized by artists for centuries and by Dylan as well, of course. Unusual repetition in these two courses, does that gives some credence to Kemper's story that was written in 10 minutes? I think it's probably more or less true that this is 10 minutes. Though it's likely that Dylan is a compulsive scribbler and a compulsive note taker. I, I suppose he had a few one-liners up his sleeve. Uh, the refrain line. Uh, 20 miles out of town in Cold Irons Bound. And the first line like, uh, my love for her is taking such a long way to die. They have a polished perfection. It suggests that they were already a while in the making. And in the next verse, we have we have this marble elegance of, of this decaying beauty aphorism. Uh, it's such a sad thing to see beauty decay. It's sadder still to feel your heart turn away. Uh, turn away. It, it's too beautiful. I... I suppose it didn't come out of the blue either. But still, this this atypical repetitio in these couplet lines, waist deep, waist deep, and almost like, almost like, it's 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 kind of a stopgap solution of an artist who is in a flow, who doesn't want to lose his momentum. So uh, quickly he quickly fills in the empty syllables with, with repetition. It's a bit atypical for the poet uh, Dylan but it's a ten-a-penny style characteristic for uh, the Sandy Brothers, like in Rank Strangers. Everybody I met, everybody I met seemed to be a Rank Stranger, seemed to be a Rank Stranger. No mother or dad, no mother or dad, not a friend I could see, not a friend I could see. Endless repetitions. They knew not my name, they knew not my name, and they knew not their faces. I found they were all, I found they were all Rank Strangers to me. This was only the first couplet. It's a very, very rich and a very inspiring song. As Craig said, I've just written a book on this album. I think this song alone is uh, alone is six or seven chapters. Um, should you be interested, buy the book, but you can also read it for free. I think most of the chapters, maybe all of the chapters are published on the British side from Tony Edward on, uh, on Untold Dylan. There you can see what I have found in the other five stanzas. Back to you, Craig. That's fantastic. The fact that this is 25 years, how do you look at this album when you look back point. over the whole... I, yeah. I named my book The Rising of an Old Master, and I, I, I translated the book uh, to Dutch and to German, and I, I chose almost exactly the same uh, subtitles, The Rising of an Old Master. This is the point where he starts to become an old master, not only for me and for you, but for the whole world. From this point on... Every album sells extremely well. All the concerts are sold out. 
from this point on, he gets Oscars and Nobel Prizes and Grammys and you name it. From this point on, he's beyond criticism. From this point on, he's recognized as an old master. Fantastic. Uh, Joachim, well, I, as I've said, and I will continue to say, I, everyone who cares about this album really needs to uh, gra- grab this book. It's on Amazon. Thanks for that contribution to the world of Dylan. And, and thank you so much for talking to us today. My pleasure, Greg. Thanks for having me. To hear the rest of my Q&A session with Jochen, another 15 minutes or so of his thoughts on time out of mind in Dylan's work, join us as a plus or premium member. It's on sale right now, and annual members get a free copy of Jochen's Time Out of Mind book. Don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast. It really helps. For bonus episodes and more, become a member at freakmusic.club slash join. And you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at FMC underscore Dylan. Thanks for listening. 